Welcome to The Mindful Mentor, a space dedicated to building a culture of self-awareness and empathy in business, life, and family. I'm your host, Bree Gordon, board-certified and trauma-informed music therapist, community educator, and advocate. Join me as I interview professionals, parents, partners, and community members from around the country. Hear their stories and feel connected. Thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to The Mindful Mentor. I'm your host, Bree Gordon, and I am so excited to have some really special guests with me today for our our episode eight. I can't even believe we're in episode eight already. That's so exciting. I had a couple weeks ago where I got a chance to do three interviews in one week, which is amazing, and just released uh, the seventh one of that, which was uh, featuring my husband, which is really cool today. And then I took a week off. You know, I kind of needed a little break to focus on work and some other stuff going on. But the end of my week off of podcasting, I got a really cool experience to sit on the other side of the microphone and be interviewed on the podcast, Karen and Jojo Waste Your Time, which to be honest, didn't seem like a waste of time at all. It was a wonderful way to spend the time and was really another was really another great exercise in mindfulness because the podcast is all about fun and games. Trivia, kind of quick trivia that forces you to think in the moment and give your answer, the first thing that comes to mind without thinking too hard about it. Uh, A little bit of improv in there, as we've talked about in previous um, episodes, and some fun facts and some good news. So if that sounds like something that you might benefit from during this time, which I'm pretty sure includes everybody, then I really, really highly recommend Karen and Jojo Waste Your Time. And it gave me a chance to get a little silly and laugh and sing some spontaneous Disney music on a podcast, which I don't really get a chance to do so much on this one. So we shall see where this interview takes because I had so much fun, I didn't want to say goodbye. And I invited them to be on The Mindful Mentor this week. So I'm so excited to introduce to you Karen and Jojo, two really good friends of mine, um, and just I'm so glad to have you both here tonight. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for wasting your time with me tonight. I appreciate it. Hi. Hi, Bree. Thanks for having us. We're so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you guys. I think that we're just going to keep doing this back and forth just so we can keep seeing each other on Zoom. That's <laughs> I'm game. Yeah, right? This I love it. Every episode from here on out, it's just going to be us hanging out and it's super happy hour. It's great. I love it. So thank you guys again. And if you don't mind, just take a, a, a moment now, Karen, if you want to start to just kind of introduce yourself and what you do and, and what your kind of goals behind the podcast are and, and how you're doing during this time. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm Karen. I'm originally from New York and I moved to Florida about, I think maybe seven years ago. And um, I know Bree through college. We were roommates in college, and we've just maintained that friendship over the years. And it's been awesome just kind of growing up with you, Bree. I know, you know, when you're in college, we're kind of starting that process anyway, but I feel like we've been through so much and we've seen each other change in so many different ways. So it's been pretty amazing keeping this friendship and just kind of watching each other help help each other grow, you know, into the professionals and, you know, personalities that we are now. 
My job right now is I am a pre-K teacher at a local school in West Palm Beach. And before that, I was a music therapist. I actually went to school for music therapy. And I loved it. I loved it both. I really loved working with kids. Um, when I moved down to Florida, it was just a little bit trickier to find as many music therapy jobs working with kids because it's just the special education looks a little bit different here than it did in New York. So I, I was working for um, PBMTI at the time, Palm Beach Music Therapy Institute. I know it has a different name now. And one of my clients that I would go and do music at, it was a school and found out they were hiring for teachers. And I thought, well, might as well take a chance. So that's where I am now. And I love it so much. I, I do miss having a lot of music in my day to day, but I think I've found a pretty decent balance with just kind of playing songs for fun and little gigs here and there, uh, green markets and, um, you know, restaurants. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been pretty interesting here in Florida, but I'm having a lot of fun. That's awesome. And I, I love that we've gotten a chance to continue working together in different ways and also getting to play some music together, which yes. is a great way to stay mindful, even if we're doing distance music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Apps and, and finding different ways to do it. So yeah. And, and tell me a little bit about the podcast, Jojo, and how you guys kind of came up with this idea. And, um, and if you want to share a bit about your life there in Southern California. <laughs> yeah. So um, I live in Long Beach, California. I moved out here just a few months ago, back in October. Um, prior to that, I was in Florida and I've known Karen for many years now, but um, it wasn't until I had recently moved back to Florida that we got together and we were just having such a good time. And um, I had just had this random thought that, you know, we, we should, we should be sharing this joy with everyone. <laughs> and so I told Karen, I said, we should start a podcast because we are just so funny. <laughs> and we're and, hilarious um, to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, to ourselves. Um, so then this Corona thing happened and I texted Karen and I said, this is the perfect time. We need to just start a podcast and just, you know, do it. And so we did. And um, Karen's husband came up with the great name of Karen and Jojo Waste Your Time because essentially that's what we're doing. We want to help people. <laughs> he clearly people. had a lot of faith in us. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to help people, you know, um, get through this time a little bit with a little bit more uh, comfort and ease, some humor, some lightheartedness, because it's, it's been a difficult time um, for myself. Personally, I live alone. Um, I have two jobs, both that I do from home anyway, so I've been remote full-time anyway. But I, I used to be a music therapist as well, but now I work for a semi, oh, I shouldn't say that, a professional <laughs> choral ensemble here in Long Beach. And, uh, you know, because of the outbreak, we haven't been able to meet or rehearse or perform, and our entire season was canceled. And... Um, so I, I do fundraising and development for them, but I also run the education program where I also work with pre-K kids to bring uh, music education. So that's kind of what I've been doing. That's what I've been dealing with here with the coronavirus. And then on top of that, just being kind of an extrovert. I'm more an ambivert, I would say. I'm, I'm both introverted and extroverted, but being an extrovert, it's been very hard for me not to be able to hug people and and be with my family and my friends. So it's been a been quite the ride but I, I must say that doing the podcast with Karen has been really the highlight of this whole experience for me. That's awesome and I, I love I love that you already brought up 
if you're an ambivert or an extrovert <laughs> or an introvert, because uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I think it's interesting, too, that we have these three different perspectives going through this time. Um, myself from healthcare, you know, Karen talking about the changes in school and how schooling looks for her, herself and for her kids and families. And Joe, you talking about this community approach, especially when it comes to choirs, which I feel like is getting a lot of attention right now, um, how community performances are going to look going forward, especially in the position, you know, that you're in with community engagement, it's just going to look different, right? And, and mm -hmm. it's amazing that you're still, you know, working and that you're supported by this professional community that is looking at these different ways to engage people, which I think we're all doing right now, you know, but it is Perfect. tough. It can absolutely be tough when you're not being fed in the way that you're used to being fed. I think that was one of the things I noticed and it kind of came out in my relationship a little bit is like, I'm not in sessions with groups of people all day where they're telling me, you're doing great. <laughs> we love this. We really appreciate what you're doing, you know, and, and that might sound a little self-centered and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm a soprano vocalist performer before I was a music therapist. And I, I know all of us are musicians and we play for applause and we play for, you know, in therapeutic settings and we play in classroom settings. And I didn't realize how much I would miss that until I didn't have it, you know? So it really kind of forced me to look at that and also to communicate that to my husband who is now wondering why does she need praise all the time from me? <laughs> yes, you did do the dishes and I'm very excited for you. <laughs> and I realized that's where that feeling of kind of lack was coming from because I wasn't getting that from my everyday job anymore. That's okay. I like Joe just turned off his mic so he could laugh at me and I'm totally okay with that because I am self-aware. <laughs> So I'm laughing with you, not at you. Yes, totally fine. I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely accept that answer. So I love personality quizzes. You know, Karen, you and I, when, when we worked together, uh, we talked about this a lot. And I reminded you of a story that you'd actually didn't even realize had stuck with me all these years. That when you worked on my team at PBMTI, like you said, there we had a lot of people on the team that were very similar in personality to you. In fact, I think everyone had the same Myers-Briggs index except for myself, which was <laughs> ENFP. ENFP, which we'll talk a little bit about more if you don't, aren't you, if you're not familiar with the Myers-Briggs. So I am an ENFJ, so close, so close, yet so far away in that last letter. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, you know, having a conversation with Karen because we're such close friends and, and we're close to the work environment as well. And I could kind of just say, hey, why can't I get everybody focused? Why can't I get everyone rowing in the same direction? And I'm really feeling <laughs> like everyone is so creative. They're so talented. They're so self-motivated in the work they do, but we're just not headed towards the same deadline. <laughs> or any deadline, really. Where am I? Right. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm perceiving it in my personality as 
where am I failing, right? As a leader, as a manager, like what, what's not working? And that kind of launched this conversation about maybe we should figure out what everybody's personality index is, uh, what, where everyone's strengths and challenges lie. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were probably doing multiple projects at the same time. And while I was hyper-focused <laughs> on that true. one. <laughs> so being an ENFP, what does that mean for you? What does that mean in terms of your personality? Oh boy, putting me on the spot for that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. So I would say ENFP, well, the E is extroverted, N is intuitive, F is feeling, and P is perceiving. So for me, that means I'm very motivated by my heart over my head. I pretty much wear everything on my sleeve and I'm very much in the moment. Um, I do get a lot of energy from other people, but of course I think as with anybody, I value my time by, by myself too, but more so I think, you know, I get my energy from other people and, and, and interactions that I have. And that all as a bubble kind of also makes me um, a little emotional. <laughs> um, let's see, what else could I say about it? I also spontaneous, but that's not always a good thing. Right. And uh, a little a like wonderful adventures because of your spontaneity. <laughs> we, wonderful. Yes. That's one way to say it. <laughs> We've had some others that maybe I wouldn't qualify as wonderful, but it's, <laughs> Also, Bri, I think you I think you missed a lot of great opportunities on a random Tuesday afternoon. Hey, are you working today? You want to go to Disney? <laughs> there were some missed opportunities for sure. <laughs> um it's you know what one of the things that I really recognize in myself is, and I think this is true of an ENFP, but please correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> when I think of a project or get excited about a project, I am really, really into it for the beginning. And I have a really hard time ever seeing anything through. I get so excited and I'll do all this research about it or I'll say, oh, I have to go and get these supplies. And I'm just so into the, the starting of something. And that fizzles very quickly. <laughs> I think that's one place where you and I work well together because you absolutely deliver a spark of energy and of creativity where I get so focused on things I might miss. So it's like that spark ignites it and gets us on a project. And then I kind of, I kick into my strengths and, and can kind of help with the follow through. And then oh, we that's both really sweet of you to say that. And then we both sit and agonize over whether people will appreciate it. And we need yeah. a we need a non-emotional person to <laughs> deliver <laughs> a different point anything, of view. If we post anything on Facebook, wait, nobody's liked it yet. It's been five minutes. <laughs> they hate it. They hate us. <laughs> I need to be validated. <laughs> yep, that is that is very true. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a I think you described it. It, it very well. I'm, I'm not an expert either, but I think that absolutely what you said um, captures the essence of it that other people would. Okay, be good. To. Jojo, do you know your Myers Briggs? 
Yes, it's ESFJ. Ooh, That's right. I do remember that. So what about ESFJ resonates or represents you? I think, well, they call it the caregiver personality. And I think it's very true about who I am. I, to a fault, am always trying to take care of other people and not myself. And so um, when I first took the test and I realized, you know, that this is what my personality was all about, it just, it really confirms and validated a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I guess it's the part of me that really um, just wants to see other people succeed, wants to see other people happy. Um, I'll go out of my way to make sure everyone's taken care of. I think those are the traits that I kind of take my kind of take some pride in but also understand that that's also where my weakness lies <laughs> and when we talk about self-care or whenever I listen to things about self-care it's like those are kind of foreign concepts to me <laughs> so yeah I think that's yeah I think that's very appropriate and well summed up and <laughs> I love that somebody took the time to take this to another level, which I think you both appreciate and is a great follow-up to our episode that uh, you allowed me to be a part of on Karen and Jojo Waste Your Time, is that somebody matched all of the Myers-Briggs personalities, all 16 of them, to a Disney character. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I thought you would appreciate this. So, (laughs) ENFP... Who do you think you are, Karen? I feel if I had to be a princess, I think I really relate to Anna. Okay. And why would you say that? Well, especially in the beginning when she's just like, I love you. I want to marry you. I feel like I'm, I'm a lot like that. I just, I will jump into something and I will just kind of feel like I'm trusting my gut and maybe not really stop and think about it. Um, but, but I, I do relate to that feeling of, of determination, you know, once, like once she had her mindset on like helping Elsa, she just was, she was just going to do it no matter what happened. She's just going to do it. And, and I feel, I feel like that I can relate to that too. I, I could definitely see that. This, Am I right? You are not correct. Well, uh. according to this person, <laughs> well, you made a very strong case. Okay. Fail. Is she, is she on the chart at all? Well, let me look for her after this. I don't want to look who you are, according to this very reliable source on the internet. Uh, Ariel. Really? Says, Ariel is a perfect example of an ENFP thanks to her overall enthusiasm and excitement over brand new ideas. One of the Little Mermaid's main personality traits is her zest for life and obsession with all things pertaining to the surface world. She collects items from the human world up above and is generally a very happy-go-lucky and adventurous person. She has big dreams and even bigger ambitions, all of which are trademark traits of the ENFP personality type. It also helps that she is creatively inclined, given that she really loves to sing. Oh, oh that's Karen to a T. Perfect. <laughs> that's so cute. I accept. That is really good. Okay, Jojo, ESFP? ESFJ. ESFJ, sorry. Okay, so while I'm looking for that one. I think I'm the fairy. I think you are. I think I'm the fairy godmother. (laughs) I like that. Why do you think? Oh, that's so insightful. Right? No, it's true. I just, 
being the caregiver, I need to make sure that, you know, the people around me are taken care of and get what they want. And that's what the fairy godmother does. And she does have a little bit of sass about her. <laughs> what you trying to say? <laughs> Not that that represents you at all. No. <laughs> I am struggling to find ESFJ on here. But it has to be on here. They wouldn't forget JoJo. <laughs> ESFP is Jasmine. Well, I just looked it up on Google. Oh. Oh, well. Very, very reliable source. JoJo's going to take care of you, Bree. <gasps> it's the... It's missing. Oh, no. All right, then you take care of me if you signed it on there. That feels very representative of my life, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so kidding. what do you find on your end um well they gave me several but do you want number one yes can you guess who it is karen is it a boy or a girl it's a girl a girl and, and she's the one you thought you were anna yes oh, that makes sense though because she tries to take care of everybody do you can i read this to you Please. Yeah. That literally, I just looked at this and it has 15 options. So yeah. it has included every single personality except for the caretaker. Oh, oh well. my goodness. I'm not surprised. No, I'm Rude. <laughs> that is so, really sad. Okay, yes. Please read it, Jojo. Anna, like most ESFJs, thrive off of her relationship with others. This type needs social interactions in order to feel complete because their energy comes from their friendships as well as their romantic relationships. Because they are so desperate for love, they will pretty much put their trust in anyone because people with this personality tend to see the good in just about everyone. This is why Anna eventually gets tricked by the person she puts all of her faith into. Her endless dedication and loyalty towards her sister Elsa is truly an embodiment of an ESFJ. Oof. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think that's a great example, too, of like recognizing the strengths, but also knowing where your personality can not get you in trouble, but just things to be aware of and things to look out for in relationships. And Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that was Daisy howling. I don't know if that came through on the mic. It did. <laughs> It was cute. She was agreeing. She's in agreement. That is her second cameo. She was sneezing oh. in my last interview. So, <laughs> hi, Daze. Wait, you can't get out of this without telling us your Disney personality. Do you guys want to guess? Uh, okay. Let me or ENFJ. ENFJ. And what's your, what's the name of your personality trait? Um, the one I was just looking at said the protagonist. I've also seen the teacher or the leader. Mulan. Good guess. That's a good one. But she's a little too pragmatic. Is that the right word? I, I Yeah, I can see that. Not as emotional, maybe? Right, right. Do you have a guess, Jojo? Mm-mm. Moana. Moana. <gasps> oh, good one, Jojo. Good job. From the very beginning of Moana, we learned the title heroine is a caring individual with a thirst for adventure. She's torn between wanting to stay on her island and take care of her people, as her father wants her to do, and a desire to follow her gut instinct, which tells her the answers to all the people's problems lie just over the horizon on the ocean blue. 
boy, if that is not an internal struggle wow. in my life. <laughs> Obviously, you could argue any of these princesses' personalities anyway, because, but because of her empathy, intuition, and strong will, we say Moana is an ENFJ. This type is charismatic, warm, and altruistic. Natural-born leaders with the ability to create a long-term plan and make it a reality. That's, that's good. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, that's not bad for whoever put that together, except for they left out poor Jojo's personality, but that's okay. I'm glad you were able to find it. I'm so sorry. It's okay. So, you know what? Because I feel so bad that I, I didn't have your <laughs> Disney Myers Briggs at hand, I'm going to give you a special attention in this next segment oh Are you boy ready oh boy <laughs> <laughs> so when we were talking about recording this uh we were talking about myers briggs and how helpful it is to understand that and understand that not only about ourselves the self-awareness piece um but um understanding it about others around us that we're in relationship with and then karen and i started talking about the enneagram which i think i'm saying right and i know that we've been following some different pages on instagram uh is that what they're called on Instagram? Different different accounts. Different accounts. Thank you. On Instagram that are really fun. If you don't follow any Instagram accounts on Instagram, you should because it's really kind of neat. People get really into it and post all these different things related to your number. So any uh, or any means nine in Greek, I believe. And so it's like these nine different personalities and not only do you get like assigned a number but you can be a wing to another number if you're you're fairly close so my enneagram is a three wing two and karen yours is i'm a four wing three ah very good so we're both have three in there three is the achiever and my wing is the helper four is the individualist with a wing of the achiever. I have to say, Brie, I definitely felt more connected to my Myers-Briggs um, results than the Enneagram. And maybe that's just because I took a shorter test, but I don't know. For some reason, when I read through the description, I wasn't like, oh yeah, that's totally me. Yeah, sometimes I look at different ones and I kind of, I, I see why there's wings. And if you look at the layout of the Enneagram, you can see where the lines connect to each other. And it's like, they break it down as when you're in your healthy self, you wing towards another certain area when you're feeling threatened or you have more of the unhealthy tendencies of that, then you go towards a different area. So I can see how it's kind of a fluid situation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good point. But I definitely think taking a longer quiz, you know, might give you a, a clearer answer. But that would take a while to do for our friend here today. So we're going to do a quick little five-minute quiz with Jojo to find his quick and easy Enneagram. Let's do it. But you might be inspired after this to say that you want to do a longer one and, yeah. and see if, if the results still hold up. So, so you're, you're cool with this. You're cool with me asking you these questions. I'm an open book. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. So this is pretty simple. It's binary. It's going to give you a question and then just a a yes or no answer, which can make it hard, you know, if you're, so I guess go with whatever your your gut tells you you're leaning more towards. Okay. And boy, we start out with just like going right there. I tend to trust most people. Yes. 
I tend to be a people pleaser. Absolutely, yes. Achievements and recognition mean a lot to me. Yes. I prefer living in the moment than planning ahead. No. People often describe me as intense or intimidating. No. I tend to avoid confrontation. Yes. Success and fame are not that important to me. Yes. I tend to keep my guard up around most people. No. Self-confidence comes naturally to me. No. I believe there's a definite line between right and wrong. No. I care a lot about other people's opinions of me. Yes. I like to think outside the box. Yes. I play to win, even if it means breaking the rules. No. <laughs> I tend to speak what's on my mind with no filter. No. I prefer to work alone rather than in a team. No. I have trouble making my own decisions sometimes. No. <laughs> I wanted to say yes, but I'm going with my gut instinct. Wait, is this that, that answer? <laughs> okay, we'll go with no. I prefer to work in a boring but stable job. No. I like to set and follow routines. Yes. I tend to overanalyze my thoughts and actions. Yes. I look to other people for approval and validation. Yeah. You are a two. The helper. Are you shocked? Not even a little bit. <laughs> Twos are empathetic, sincere, and warm-hearted. They are friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing, but they can also be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. While they are, they are well-meaning and driven to be close to others, but can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. They typically have problems with possessiveness and with acknowledging their own needs. Wow. That's so you, Jojo. That really is. I think you should take the longer one and see where it wings to. Okay. Um, I don't so, know. Can you explain to me what that means? What do you mean by wings? Like, is that something that you attach to another kind of person? Is that like a second personality? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a second personality. And I don't want to be wrong in saying this. So I'm going to kind of look it up while we're talking. But as I understand it, it's kind of like what you would, what your second most answer would be. So it's what you might have a tendency towards. So like, even though I really strongly identify with the idea of being a three and of being a leader, my wing being the helper is like, that's, that's the struggle I have, right? Like, like the Moana description, like um, I have this conflict in myself of that I want to be, you know, the the CEO type and be the, the voice of reason and the leader. But sometimes you can't be caring about every single emotion that's around you or being there for everyone when you're trying to lead the way. So that's a struggle within me that I have a lot of time is how do I serve the most people right now by being a helper or by being a leader? Gotcha. Does that make sense? It does. Do, how do you understand the wing idea, Karen? Well, I, the, 
the Enneagram isn't really something that I've done a whole lot of research on, to be honest with you. So I've kind of been a little um, unsure of that, you know, overall. Sure. It's nice, nice to hear your explanation. (laughs) But I don't think, I don't think that for me, I don't think that was my next um, biggest answer. Okay. So I think my next answer would have been a nine or my next highest score was a nine. Oh, okay. Which is maybe you can the peacemaker, which that I could see that for myself too, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Wing. Your dominant wing is indicated by your higher score on one of the types of either side. So it has to be a number that's on either side of what you are. So you, Jojo, would be either a two wing one or a two wing three. Uh, Three would be more a leadership and a one is individualist, I think. I can't really remember. Enneagram type one. So either way, it has to be one that's on either side. The reformer. Ooh. What does that mean exactly? Ones have a fine eye for detail. They're always aware of the flaws in themselves, others, and situations in which they find themselves. I'm definitely a, a two-wing one. <laughs> Just in that Interesting. description. Yeah, yeah it says perfectionist. That makes sense. Mm. Oh, listen to this one, Jojo. The relentlessness of their pursuit of the ideal can make one's it can make one's tense people who have a hard time relaxing and unnecessarily deny themselves many of the harmless pleasures of life. Wow. I mean, you have moved back and forth from Florida to California like 10 times. I have. Relentless actually, pursuit. <laughs> yes. And I this is actually, this is something I talk about a lot with my therapist actually, because it's kind of like a struggle between, you know, who, who am I trying to please? in life um and if it's not me then you know what am i doing and so this is a very deep conversation i have i mean a very long ongoing conversation i have with my therapist about trying to reprioritize those things that that pursuit really of what is it that i'm trying to pursue in life am i trying to make everyone else around me happy or am i going to finally step up and you know make the decisions for myself and i know that Bree's looking at me right now because this is a conversation she and i have ongoing for <laughs> for many years um i feel like every time we get together this is kind of a topic that we have to discuss um and one that i love to talk about but that makes a lot of sense thank you for sharing that i just want to thank you for being so open and honest about that because you are so not alone in what you're sharing and i think it's such a great example of the power of self-awareness. And it doesn't mean that just because you snap your fingers and you're aware of something that it changes overnight, but when you invest in yourself and make that commitment to talk it through, uh, whether it's through a therapist, as you mentioned, and I also love that you advocated for that, or through talking it through with your network, your friends that you can trust, there's so much value in that because quite honestly, working in healthcare, I see so many caregivers that are in their 70s, 80s, even 90s that have been just caring their whole life and have never given themselves the gift of what you just said, Mm. of acknowledging that pattern and honoring it in yourself and saying, I love this about me. Like it's a beautiful part of who I am, but at what point am I choosing that part of who I am over my own health Mm -hmm. and my own wellness? Yes. And you guys thought we wouldn't get deep today. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, that's huge, Jojo. I really, I, I honor you so much for sharing that because I think that absolutely someone would be listening today and that statement alone can change someone's life. Well, I'm glad I could be here to do that. Thank you for letting me share. Oh my gosh, of course. You're going to so make I- me cry. Karen's <laughs> face is going to make me cry right now. <laughs> I think he meant that in a loving way. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Unless I froze and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> that could have happened as well. Oh my gosh. No, that, that really was, that was awesome. And this is why I love this stuff, you know, and, and, and you can find a lot of these things free online and I'm sure you can take it to another level. There's definitely books on it. It's something I really want to explore further with, with, you know, professionals that know a little bit more than me kind of coming up with the, well, today you're Mulan, you know, and, (laughs) and making that connection. Although that stuff is fun too. Um, so we obviously are talking about the value that that has in us and having self-awareness, but how do you guys find that knowing this about yourself or knowing this about someone else impacts a relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, a work relationship, how can, you know, understanding personalities and, and um, personality types affect that? This is a really big question, Brie. <laughs> Um, you know what? I'm going to share something. I don't know if I ever really talked to you about this before, Brie, but when I first moved to Florida, I, I had some struggles and I'm, I'm sure that you remember this. It was the first time that I had ever really moved away from home. I mean, I moved from Buffalo to Rochester, which is, you know, a little over a mile or not a mile, I'm sorry, an hour. Wow. A little over an hour away. So that's not, I don't really consider that moving away from home too much because I could just very easily get in my car and go home if I was, if I was feeling homesick. But moving to Florida was a really big step. And it was like the day after I got married. So there's a lot of big changes. And I was really, really excited for something new. But once I got here and we were all settled in and I realized that I didn't really have a job like I did in New York, you know, going from a full-time job. And I didn't, I I had you as a friend and of course we were close, but you had your own, (laughs) you know, 50 jobs that you were working or like, you know, you were, you're just a personality that is very busy and you like that. That's that you get energized by that. Right. And it, it was really hard for me to, for the first time in my life, kind of be on my own and not really have a network of friends that, that I could sort of just rely on, even if we didn't do anything, just knowing that I had a lot of people around me. Sure. Um, so something that I remember, and I hope you won't get mad at me for saying any of this, but you were, you were amazing. Let me preface this by saying you were amazing. But something that I recognized in your personality type, and I I know this looking back on it, not as much in the moment, but I think you were really trying to, and like, uh, you know, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but like fix me. (laughs) Is that okay to say? I'm sure you both have stories of that. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) And I know when, when Dan moved down right before we got married and he was actually living with you, he would tell me, Bree is saying, you have to go to the beach today. And Dan was thinking, I don't want to go to the beach today, (laughs) but you were just trying to be a good friend and help us, um, 
you know, be happy in our new home. And you would do the same thing for me. We're, you know, me and, and these three people that you're going to be best friends with in, you know, tomorrow, we're all going out to this place and you're coming with us. And maybe, you know, in, in my personality, I, I tend to get stuck in the emotions. So if I'm feeling sad or if I'm feeling lonely, I am more likely to just kind of sulk in that. And it's harder to pull out of it. You know, I, I think that's, I know that probably also could be something else, but I think that's part of my personality trait. I, I, I don't, I'm not at all upset with what you shared. In fact, I'm really glad you brought it up because that's something, and now we're just going to have straight up therapy on this podcast. Sure. I think that's the point of it. <laughs> I'm um, just going to mute myself. <laughs> right, you're in this, you're in this thing. Um, that was a huge thing for me with both of you being as close as as we were and being in a friendship and being in a work environment and mm -hmm. i and i think that that's a really beautiful thing that both could coexist and that we can be so close on on all the ends of that before it during it and after it mm -hmm. but it brought a lot of self-awareness to me and i shared this in the first ever episode that i'm definitely in recovery of codependency and having relationships that were with a duality, like being a friend, like being a coworker, like being a manager, whatever it was, brought that majorly to the forefront because if anyone in my circle was unhappy with anything, even if they had nothing to do with me, I assumed that it was my responsibility to fix that. And I think Karen, I told you how I became, even after therapy and retreats and books and years of all, you know, I'm, I'm like, four years out of realizing that now going to watch the last toy story movie and seeing the character forky and how forky kept just to tie this back to disney forky kept throwing <laughs> himself away <laughs> and he kept calling himself trash and i was so uncomfortable that's my cat chasing a bug that's fine in the background <laughs> I was so uncomfortable because I just wanted to reach into that movie screen and grab that fork and empower fork. it. Spork, Brie. Spork. <laughs> and, and I thought, whoops, I got to check in with myself right now. <laughs> like, I am having some serious feelings over this spork, this cartoon spork, <laughs> and it is triggering my codependency. Oh, and my I don't gosh. Know if I, had I didn't not, know this. If I had not done all that work, at looking at myself, I think that I just wouldn't have recognized that and I would have thought that was normal and healthy and that it would be my job to fix somebody who whenever they would call themselves trash or not feel good about themselves. And I would just continue on kind of a destructive path. I mean, quite honestly, it could have been destructive to relationships. Thankfully, it wasn't in the case of the two of you. And I have you to thank for that, for believing in me. And Well, hang on. I think you're giving me too much credit and you should give yourself a lot of credit because I was not a picnic, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and we can all just agree with that. I mean, that, that, that is what it is. You know, we, we each brought our own positives and negatives in over, over the years that we've known each other. So. We all bring um, we all bring our own strengths and challenges into the relationship. Yeah. And I and I appreciate that we were able to kind of stick with each other and like see it through to the other side, basically. Grow from what we what we learned over our 
And it's a testament to our friendships, right? I agree. Like that was kind of the the episode with another friend of ours, Elisa, who was talking about her, her um, decaffeinated anxiety podcast. And I talked about how much I appreciated her friendship, even though we were both experiencing anxiety triggers <laughs> during this road trip together and, and running out of gas and how I knew we knew we could lean on each other rather than our anxiety turning into um, I can't trust this person or this situation I'm in. The anxiety actually brought us to say, I know I'm safe with you. And I think that's really, that's a value in a friendship. I'm not my healthiest self right now, but I trust being with you while I'm not my healthiest self. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Jojo, do you want to add anything to this conversation as far as how self-awareness can lead to um, impacting relationships one way or the other, positive or negative? Oh, no. I mean, just listening to you guys talk right now, I feel like I've, I've, I'm you know, an observer sitting out watching um, and listening about how your friendship has grown and changed so much. And it's such an honor to, to be able to witness that because, you know, I'm very good friends with both of you. And I feel like the three of us have never really shared a whole lot of moments together, but individually, I know you both. And so to see this kind of interaction was very touching. To answer your question, I think that one of the things that I think I have a lot of, um, a bit of a struggle with is being able to like trying to let go of the things that I think I know, trying to let go of um, kind of my arrogance. And especially when it comes to being with in relationships and with friendships, I have to remember, you know, with the self mind, I feel like I'm rambling right now. I just have to remind myself that I don't always have the answers. And I think that I always kind of go into things thinking I always need to fix this. I always need to know what to say. I always have to have the right advice. But when you reflect back on yourself and realize that, you know, there are things that I need to, be, you know, I should be listening to my own advice. I should be more mindful of, you know, where I'm at in, in my process of life and this journey of life. And um, yeah, so I think that, you know, being more self-aware, being more mindful really does, it, it, it helps in, in, in your role of creating meaningful relationships and friendships and all that. So, yeah. That's, beautiful. And I appreciate you saying that because I think that's so helpful for others to listen to and and realize that these are things like you talk about perfectionism, right? Sometimes we wear perfectionism as like this badge of honor. And the idea of being mindful doesn't mean like I'm I'm in charge of every thought and I'm doing everything perfectly. It's like mindful can be, I'm being mindful of giving myself grace right now. Mm-hmm. actually didn't get that last thing perfect and that's okay yeah you know that's that's part of it um so that was really it's really applicable mm. what you shared thank you in our in summary um i love this idea of mutual mentorship and the fact that we constantly learn from each other even after 16 plus years of friendship with karen i'm learning from her tonight and i love that this is oh <laughs> And you learned from me the, the impact that Forky had on <laughs> my emotional state <laughs> at a drive-in movie theater in the middle of South Florida one day. It's like, <laughs> you never know when these moments are going to pop up. That's so in, in, this, in the spirit of talking about mentorship, um, and I'll start with you, Karen, can you give me an example of a mentorship moment that's been meaningful for you? And it can be a time that someone was a mentor to you or a time that you were a mentor to someone else 
but as any mentorship moment that stands out for you. I could talk a lot about music therapy because, you know, we had a lot of opportunities for mentorship there. I could talk about, um, you know, working, working with you, Brie, at PBMTI as, as a boss. That was, I mean, it had its own set of challenges, but it was also really eye-opening as to everything that you have to handle. And not that you were necessarily mentoring me, but I kind of, I don't know, I really did look up to you as, as that role. So I did learn a lot from that. Um, appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, of course. But something that I guess kind of relates to my position right now as, as a teacher, um, stepping into the role as a teacher from a music therapist, even though I had been working with kids, it was, it was obviously different. I mean, first of all, the, the kids that I teach, they don't, they don't have special needs. They're just typical kids. And, um, I mean, I say just typical kids. I shouldn't say that because every child has their own strengths and weaknesses and they deserve to be recognized and, you know, you know, worked through. I shouldn't be putting that down, I guess. Um, so when I first started as a teacher, I worked with someone named Anne. I think you know her, Miss Anne, at the school. And she helped me so much and I'm still constantly learning from her. I think the, the overall thing that I took from her, she would always say two things to me. She would always say, don't overthink it. And she would say, you're a really good teacher. You should believe that. <laughs> and I, I still constantly have to hear both of those things all the time. <laughs> I think I'm constantly overthinking every decision and, you know, every little thing that has to be done for the kids because I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Um, and the fact that she has to tell me all the time that I'm a good teacher, <laughs> I don't know if it's my personality or if the fact that I was raised Catholic, but I think I just feel guilty about everything. <laughs> like I'm just not doing a good enough job. <laughs> and I, I just, I try way too hard, <laughs> but um, I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for. <laughs> but Yeah, that's perfect because I think sometimes it's not like a mentor comes into your life. And again, like we were talking about earlier, you snap your fingers, you take the magic pill and everything's fixed. But having that you know, affirmation. And now you know that those words are what help you, mm -hmm. you know, and knowing that someone gave you that validation, that's a beautiful thing. But now knowing that when you tell yourself that, you know, and that you have access to, to giving yourself that feeling, that's huge. That's awesome. That was perfect. Well done. <laughs> You're up, Joe. Jojo, what's your, what's a mentorship moment that stands out for you? Well, I wasn't lis listening to anything Karen said because I was thinking about this. So <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> um, well, Do not I, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I think back to, I think maybe I was 19. I remember I dropped out of college and um, I knew I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to do something. And I was living with my aunt at the time, my aunt and, un aunt and uncle. And I remember asking her, I said, what should I do? What should I do with my life? What should I do with my career? And, um, you know, my first uh, area of study was actually architecture. So I was aiming to be a very famous, successful architect. That didn't work out. Um, and then I started thinking, well, maybe I'll go to med school and become a doctor, just like every other Asian kid in my community. Um, and my aunt said, this is probably some of the best advice that 
has ever been given to me and that I'm going to carry with me forever. She says, you know, honestly, it doesn't matter what you do. If you want to be an artist, if you want to be a singer, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, whatever you do, just be the best at what you do. And I took that to think, oh, okay, so you mean, um, you know, become the best artist or be the best singer or just be number one at everything. And as I grew older, because that kind of resonated with me, I remember thinking, well, I want to, you know, do music. I want to be a music therapist. I want to be um, a conductor. I want to be a singer. And I think the way it kind of transformed a little bit um, the meaning of her words to me to mean that um, not just be the best at what you do, but in whatever you do to let it bring out the best of who you are. And I carry that with me. Um, and my aunt and I, you know, we don't share a lot of these moments, but, you know, and I don't know if she even meant it for, <laughs> for that to be a big moment in my life, but I mean, um, it definitely was one of those moments where I thought, okay, well, you know, I have to stop trying to do what everyone wants me to do. And I just need to look inward and step outside of myself as well. And just kind of, you know, take a look at what is it that makes me great as a person, as a musician, as a teacher, as a therapist, whatever it might be, and, and then to run with it. And I, I've, I am going to carry that piece of advice with me for the rest of my life. So that's a big mentorship moment for me. And I was able to articulate that because Karen got to go first. <laughs> that, was, that was really good, JoJo. I love that. Oh, my mm. gosh. You know, when you first started to say that, like, my anxiety goes up a little bit with, like, being the best at something because, you know, and we're all nodding. Like, right. what you can't hear through the podcast is all nodding because as a musician, you just you carry that pressure with you. Now, the three of us did not go into performance for – probably a reason because not because we couldn't hack it. I mean, just speak for myself, but that I wasn't going to be the best thing in the world, but I don't mean from not being the best at performance, but that competition is heavy. Mm. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a really heavy feeling. So when you say that you have to be the best, it's, it's like puts this pressure on. Right. But I love the reframing of that, of it brings out the best in you. So you don't have to fit that role whatever's already existing in you the best parts of you are lit up and glowing and activated because of the work that you do that is awesome right and i think that there might have been a little bit of lost in translation situation because my you know my aunt doesn't speak english perfectly but I, i'm going to say that's <laughs> what she meant to say <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's hilarious so actually, she didn't say that at all. <laughs> Wait, I feel like this could be a really good trivia segment. No, stop. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And on next week's Karen and Jojo Waste Your Time. <laughs> oh, Lost in gosh. translation. Oh, that's so good. Save that. <laughs> this is a perfect segue to <laughs> I plan to close out the show. Crossover. <laughs> perfect crossover. Um, while the two of you certainly did not waste anyone's time with this conversation, and I truly mean that because there's just so much in what you both shared that is just going to resonate with so many people because it's not things that people talk about very openly a lot. And I give you both so much credit for being transparent and honest and w walking through realizations you've had about yourself and also in relationship with others it's just so huge and it makes just such a difference so 
thank you both for being so authentic and so genuine in this conversation. I really, truly appreciate it. And if people want to hear more from you, maybe not quite as deep as they heard from this conversation, how... <laughs> I'm kidding. Maybe deeper. I don't know. Maybe this is going to totally take your podcast in a different direction now that you've <laughs> gotten into it. the psychology of each other. But how can people follow up with you guys? Okay. So you can find us on um, most of the podcast streaming services. That's iTunes, um, uh, Spotify, Overcast, uh, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio, Google <laughs> um, Podcasts. Google Podcast. Whoop, that's a new one. And yep, as as we've been saying, Karen and Jojo waste your time. We also have an Instagram, which is full of some little goodies that we'll, you know, put in there that relate to our, our themes. And that is Karen Jojo W Y T. Awesome. It's so much fun. I love being a part of it. I love listening to it. And I just want to thank you guys again so much for taking the time to have this conversation tonight and inspiring others to look inward and do it in a way that just brings you joy and makes you laugh a little bit, right? It's okay for us to laugh at ourselves. And and this can be a fun process. It doesn't have to be a scary thing to look Mm -hmm. inward. And I think you proved that perfectly. So again, thank you very much. Well, thank you for having us, Brie. I'm honestly surprised we did this in one take. I don't know if I would call this one take, but <laughs> okay, that's true. There might be a couple spots. <laughs> no, you guys are awesome. I appreciate you so much. Thank you everybody for listening. If there was something in here that you thought someone else might really benefit from, and I'm sure that others came to mind as you were listening to this, please do send this to them. Um, you can also tag them in our posts on Instagram at Mindful Mentor Bree, or check it out online at Mindful Bree. Keep taking care of yourself. Keep taking care of each other. And I will see you next time. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to The Mindful Mentor. I hope you found comfort, inspiration, or maybe learned something new about yourself during our conversation. If you know of someone who would benefit from this information, please share this episode with them. If you're interested in being a part of the show as a guest or as a sponsor, please contact us at info at mindfulbree.com. If you want to bring this conversation into your community or to your workplace, please visit mindfulbree.com to book an in-person experience. Let's continue this conversation about empathy and self-awareness on social media by visiting my Instagram, mindfulmentorbree. Mentorship is all about constant and lifelong learning and guidance. Thank you for learning with me today.